Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank you for that song. Appreciate everyone being here today. We Isn't it a great day? But we're thankful that the Lord is with us. Thankful to have our son home from Florida. Even though it was a hard time, the passing of our brother-in-law, Carolyn's brother. Funeral was Saturday, but God was with us. He's still with us. He's promised to be with us no matter what. But we ask that you continue to pray for her and her family. God is good. God is great. And God is loving. He has the best in mind for us. But as we bring our message this morning, but before we do, I want to thank Lucas for planning what he planned. And for James and all those of you that helped, what an impact that was on the community. And I hope it won't be the last, but I hope it'll keep on going. We can reach a lot of people by doing simple things for the Lord. But if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 17. This is the Lord's prayer that he prayed right before he was arrested, right before he went on trial, right before he went to the cross. This is his prayer for the world. John chapter 17, verses 14 through 23. Let the truth of Calvary grip our souls. Beginning in verse 14. I have given them thy words, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall be believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, thank you for this portion of your word. Now we ask for your guidance and your strength. Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts this morning. And help us to know that Calvary was real. 
And your son who died on that cross there at Calvary, he did it for us because he loved us. And Father, help us to love in that same manner. Now may your will be done. For we ask it in your son's name, Jesus. Amen and amen. When the Lord came into this world, his mission was not to bring in the millennial kingdom at that time. That would come seven years after the cross. And then for a thousand years, Jesus will reign here on this earth, the millennial kingdom. He came not to reform or revitalize Judaism. But the Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Every one of us. Now can you imagine that? Can you imagine a holy God coming from heaven, leaving the side of his father, coming down here for an old sinful nation, sinful world like we are, to die for us on Calvary's cross. But the Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. But he came to be the instrument to bring into being the church. Now who are we? The church. Members of God's church. But not everybody is a member. Only those who have given their heart and their life and everything that they have to the Lord Jesus Christ so that he could save them from their sin is a member of God's church. You can be a member of this church and still be lost and die and go to hell to be with the devil for eternity, eternity, eternity. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Holy Spirit was sent to be our helper. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad we don't have to do it alone? Aren't you glad that we live after the cross? I know the Holy Spirit came and rested upon people before the cross, but not everybody. But aren't you glad that Jesus said, when I get returned to heaven, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will rest in your heart, in your soul to give you strength, to give you wisdom, to combat the devil. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy this church. But praise God, when we resist the devil, he will flee. The Bible tells us that. Yes, the Holy Spirit was sent to be our helper and our guide. He prayed for the early church, and he also prayed for this church. And I'm so thankful for that. But you know what? The devil didn't like it. The devil has his cults. He has his cancerous sores on the body of the church. A lot of times the people look at the church and what do they see? Confusion? People working against one another? 
But what happens when the church works together as that early church? What happens when everybody gets on the same page, believing the same word of God? What happens when the Holy Spirit begins to energize members of the church, the true church, those that have been saved by the precious love of the Lord Jesus Christ? What happens when that church gets together and begins to work in the name of the Lord? People began to take notice. Man, they love one another down there at that church. I believe I'm going to go down there and attend. There's something different about that church because the Holy Spirit, under the direction of Jesus, is the leader in that church. Yes, I'm the interim pastor, but God is the leader. Don't ever forget that. God is the leader. And when we walk with him, when we believe what God says, as Elijah did this morning, I want you to go here, I want you to go there, I want you to do this, and I'm going to take care of you. And just as he did Elijah, he will do that for his church today because God is still in control and he still wants us to be like Elijah. When he says move, move. When he says love, love. When he says go, go. Folks, when the church here on this earth today will get into that frame of mind, it is no telling what God will do with that church or any other church, with this church, God wants to work in our hearts and in our lives today. Folks, we are God's church. Doesn't matter if we're Baptists or brethren. It doesn't matter if we're Methodists or Mormons. It doesn't matter if we're Presbyterians or Pentecostals. It doesn't matter if we're Catholics or Congregationalists. When God works, watch out. Things will happen. You know, there are many who are skeptical and confused today because there's so much going on in the churches. This group don't like what this group's doing. This teacher may be a little bit different from this teacher. But folks, when we let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, God's not going to give us two answers. He's not going to give us two directions. But he'll have us all on the same page doing what he wants us to do for his kingdom. And I hope we remember that. But as we look at our scripture this morning... What do we do or how do we get back to worship of the Lord Jesus Christ? Look at verse 21 is the answer. That we all may be one. Isn't that the answer? How are we going to be one? 
through his Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts and lives and who gives directions. The church of Christ is or should be one, holy, completely, indivisibly one. When it becomes anything else, something not in God's favor will take place. And to become one, this was the work of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and throughout this present church age. 120 of them in that upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And you know what? Man, they went everywhere preaching, teaching, living the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and people began to take notice. Well, just who is this group right here? When the church gets to that point, people will begin to take notice and they'll say, well, just, just who is this group? Man, they're different from us. They love one another. Isn't that what they said about the church? They love one another. There is no schism in the body of Christ if you look at the body of Christ in the Testament. In the church, there is no fighting. That came later. The devil got upset. He didn't like what was going on. So he raised up persecution. Now, if I send this one over here, I don't have to worry about him. But when the devil sent that one over there or began to persecute to where they went over there, they started witnessing over there and winning souls to the Lord and the devil lost. And he continues to be upset. The Bible says that who is the head of the church? The Lord. We're the members. We take our instructions from the head of the church. Just like it is in the corporate world. You have that CEO, that president, that owner. He gives the instructions. And we do the minding. We do the working. And that's exactly how it needs to be in the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And we need to listen. We need to take notice as to what he wants us to do. But in that church, each member is washed in the blood of the Lamb that was shed on Calvary's cross by our precious Savior. The only way that we can be saved is through that blood. We can join as many churches as we want to. But if you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and been washed from the blood of Calvary's cross, shed by our Savior, you'll never be saved. Not only are we washed in the blood, but we are energized by his Holy Spirit. You ever been asked to do something and you had the excuse, well, I can't do that. I've never done that before. Well, who will help you? 
through his Holy Spirit. I can't becomes I can. Not on my merits. 30 years ago, if somebody told me I'd have been here, I said, you're funny. But when God touches a man's heart or God touches a woman's heart, he knows exactly what is going to happen. He knows exactly what needs to be done. And if we'll take that step, guess who's going to energize you? The Holy Spirit of God. Folks, if we just get our hearts together, there's nothing that the church, including this one, cannot do in the name of the Lord. We are energized by the Holy Spirit. We are united to Christ, perfect and complete in him. He doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't have to go back and do anything again. When he saves a person, he does it right the first time. And because of that, we are complete in him. The church is universal. The Bible says it's without spot or wrinkle. It's untarnished. It's untouched by time. It's rooted in eternity. It is the bride of Christ. Think about that. And do you think for one time that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to allow anything to happen to his bride? Sure, many have been persecuted. Many have been executed. Many have been cast into prison. They're doing that today overseas. They're putting them in prison but simply because they trust the Lord Jesus Christ and they're preaching the gospel. But do you think God that for one moment is going to allow anything to happen to his church? No, because God loves the church and he went to Calvary's cross to prove that very thing. Now, let me ask you a question. How far have you gone lately to prove your love for the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, that's a trying question. What did you do this past week with our Alexander Impact? Man, what a chance. What an opportunity. And I hope we do it again next year. And Lucas, you can come on back and lead it. I hope this won't be the last. I hope that we will get energized, not only us, but all of the churches in the We'll just come together one time to reach out into a lost community and try their best to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That through doing that, they will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Folks, God's church is one. One. But in each church, God prayed for unity. Now think about that. Unity. 
one mind, one direction, one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Unity will come when we surrender everything that we have to the Lord Jesus Christ. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, that little lady there at Sarah Patrick, man, all she had was a little bit of oil. All she had was a little bit of milk. What would you have done? You know, that's a trying question, isn't it? What would I have done? Would I have been as faithful, full of faith as she was? Okay. Now, she lived in a foreign country. But she no doubt had heard about this prophet Elijah and the God that he served. Maybe she didn't. But she had faith enough to say, all right, here it is. that you say, all right, God, here it is. You want it, it's yours. I may go hungry tomorrow, but here it is, Lord, it's yours. But you know that little lady didn't go hungry? Her and her son was fed by God until it rained. Now, what will God do for his church today? If we surrender everything that we have to him. God, I don't have much money, but here's a dollar. If you can take that dollar, and if you can use that dollar, I freely give it to you. But better yet, Lord, I'm not much. I don't have much education. But Lord, here I am. If you can use, if you, if you can use me, Lord, here I am. Not only did he pray for oneness, but he prays for their perfection. Verse twenty-two and twenty-three. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be. One, even as we are one. <clears throat> I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. I'm not talking about sinless, perfect. Nobody is sinless in that manner. Even we Christians sometimes doubt God. We say the wrong things. We tell those little white lies. But aren't you glad you have a loving Savior who forgives? Aren't you glad you have a loving Savior who restores? Aren't you glad you have a loving Savior who re-instructs you to go? Oh, he prayed that his glory might be given 
to them. Man, I've seen some saints. It just, it just seems like God's glory is just all around them. They have a love about them that's just unexplainable. I mean, they're smiling even though they have gone through some trying times. They're never complaining. They're always trusting the Lord. But you know, one of these days, we're going to be perfect. Not down here, but up there in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, it's really going to happen before then. The Bible says that the Lord's going to step out of heaven one of these days. The graves are going to burst open. And those that dead in Christ will rise and they'll be changed. Then we which are alive will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Perfect. The only way we'll get into heaven is through the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that we'll be able to stand there before that throne and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and forever will be the same. The only way that we'll ever be able to do that is to know him as our personal Savior here. And then when they put us in that casket and put us in that hole and they fill it up, you know that's not going to bother God one bit. For on that day, the Bible says they will be raised perfectly. What a day that's going to be. He prayed that his glory might be given to them. This was not the glory of his deity. This was laid aside at his incarnation according to Philippians chapter 2. This is the glory of his perfect and sinless humanity. But you know, that early group of people, they saw God in the flesh. Born in that little manger. Grew up. Began to preach the gospel. That early church, even though it's few in number, they saw God in the flesh. Oh, they saw him, they knew him, they heard him, and they touched him. Oh, what a time. He prayed that his goals might be implemented by them. Verses 22 and 23 again. That they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me as thou hast or loved them as they have loved me. His goals is for us to love one another. And oh, what a time that's going to be. He prayed for a convincing Testimony. Now, question. Now, this includes me. What is our testimony? I want you to think about that. What is your testimony? What is my testimony? How do people outside the church see us? What do they know about us? 
that maybe those in the church don't know about it. What is our testimony? Oh, Jesus prayed for a convincing testimony of his children that we would be the same no matter what, no matter what was taking place, no matter what illness we may have, good knees, bad knees, doesn't matter. God wants us to see a convincing testimony from his children so that the world will know who we serve, who we love, and who we are waiting to see. Oh, the world is waiting for divine love in action. And y'all have been doing that. An even greater example this past week. An even greater example tomorrow. When you go to your workplace. When those folks that maybe you haven't met, but maybe they've heard your name. Well, they go to that church down there, Sulphur Springs. We're going to see what they're like. Let divine love be your testimony there before those people. But you know, the most distinctive thing about Jesus was his love. And we see that in this chapter, a love for his father. Obeyed obediently everything that the father wanted him to do. Oh, Jesus loved his family. When he was on the cross, Mary was there looking up and so was John. He was concerned about his mother. And because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ he had for Mary and for John, John, this is your mother. And the Bible says that John took her into his house and took care of her. What love. What about friends? What about our friends? Do they know that we're saved? Do they know that we're Christians? Do they know that we're trying to live for the Lord Jesus Christ? What about your foes? You got any enemies? What about them? Do they know that you're a Christian? Now I'm going to close with this. And it's a, several things I want you to listen to. He loved Judas as he loved John. Judas betrayed him. John went all the way. He loved Annas as much as he did Andrew. He loved Pilate as much as he did Peter. He loved the two dying thieves. He loved the Roman soldier whose spear pierced his side. He loved the man who punched him in the face. He loved the man who pulled out his beard. 
He loved the man who crowned his head with thorns. He loved the man who scourged him to the bone. He loved the man who spat in his face. And he loved you. And he loves me. What a savior. Then the world will know when we love others as Jesus loved others. Does the world know through you and through me that the Lord loves them? That ought to be our testimony. It ought to be a testimony far-reaching, even next door, to that person that might be lost. Jesus loves you. If you're listening on the radio, YouTube, wherever you may be listening to today, if you've heard nothing else today, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he proved it on Calvary's cross. And one day we're going to see love in person. And oh, what a day that's going to be. You might be saying, well,
hearts and in their lives as they come to you. Amen and amen. Again, we've been thank you. Let's stand. God bless you. Won't you spend eternity with him? Would you do that today? Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.